You are listening to Episode 7 of the Money Owners Podcast with me, Morgan Rochard. Money Owners is a podcast for people who want to be mentally and financially crushing it. This podcast does not provide investment advice, and nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued to be investment advice. If you'd like more information on Money Owners Coaching, the podcast, the homework, and everything I have to offer, visit moneyowners.com. What's happening, my fellow money owners? Apologies on the delayed show. I know I was supposed to get them out every other week, and I missed a week because it was winter break. Shoot me. I don't know. Anyways, I'm having a good time here. I'm knocking off, starting off 2019 pretty well. Um, have big goals for 2019. I'm pretty excited about it. But that's not really what I want to talk to you today about. Today, I want to talk about managing cash flows. What does that actually mean? I feel like on a lot of the shows, every show basically leading up to this one, I've mentioned that you need to manage your cash flows and that you need to be particularly good at managing your cash flows when you are a business owner. And yet, I have not actually told you how to do that. So this episode is going to be entirely dedicated on how to manage cash flows, what the best things that you can do for yourself are, and then also how to change your thoughts around how you're thinking about your cash flows in order to be the best possible version of yourself and to be the best financial version of yourself and to also make sure that you run your business in a way that keeps it a going concern, right? We start these businesses because we want to be business owners. We want to operate successful businesses. And yet if we don't actually do that, if we don't manage our cash flow properly, then our business can not no longer be a business. And that's not something that we want to do. So I have a couple of things. I'll just lead off, read off my list of stuff that I think everybody should be looking at when they're a business owner and how to manage their cash flows. And then we'll go and dive deeper into all of these things. So the first thing is that you need to have any kind of cash reserve to start. The second thing is you need to calculate what your monthly average expenses are within your business. The third thing is you need to create a budget and then you need to honor that budget. So it's not enough to actually just create the budget. You have to, you have to, you know, do the budget you have to keep to the budget. You have to actually do or what you say you're going to do. The fourth thing is you need to run a lean operation. The fifth thing is you need to understand when you get paid. The sixth thing is you need to know exactly what your operating expenses are. And then the seventh thing is that you need to make sure that your cash reserve that we mentioned as number one exceeds your operating expenses. You also need to be mindful of your personality. You need to track your successes and your failures using something called key performance indicators. And then you need to manage all of these things similarly on your personal side. All right, so let's dive deeper into all of these things. So what do I mean by have any kind of cash reserve to start? So you need to have money in the bank. That's what that means. <laughs> and that number is very different depending on who you are, what your needs are, what your business looks like, and all of those other things. What I would say the best place to start is, is what is that number in the bank that makes you feel comfortable to have? What is a number that helps you sleep at night? What is a number that just gives you enough runway to operate until you get more regular income? So we'll go a little bit more deeply into the, the next um, set of things to do to actually manage your cash flow that'll help you come up with that kind of cash reserve number to start. But usually like 
somebody always can think of a number off the top of their head that makes them be able to sleep at night. I know my clients always come up with a number and the number is really just a thought that we're having that makes us feel good. It's not actually like the number that, you know, is, is all that meaningful. Um, for me, like I can't sleep well without 50 grand in the bank. That's just me right? That, that number might be really high for some people. That might number might be really low for other people. Um, I think it all really depends on your personality, who you are, what you need, what you're doing with that money and everything else. Okay. So the second thing I mentioned was to calculate what your monthly average expenses are. There are a number of ways to do that. I think spreadsheets and softwares are really good to have to help with this. And you have to pick one that you'll actually want to use. Um, I use QuickBooks online and I use Excel to help me with both of these things. So I'll explain to you what my current spreadsheet is. And then I also use QuickBooks like to actually track the expenses that I'm doing. So for me, it's really nice to have everything in one place, which is why I use Excel. Um, and you can use obviously Google Sheets or whatever, you know, spreadsheeting tool that you like. Um, for me, it happens to be Excel. And what I do is I literally just list off in Excel all of my expenses. Um, so for instance, I have a bunch of software. I list a software name. I list like the, maybe the monthly price I pay for it, or if I pay for it annually, I put it in an annual column. I just list them all out. I usually, what I do is at the end of every single year, I go through everything that I spent in the previous year. And then I list them all out and project them out for the next year. So right now is a really good time to start looking at managing cash flows, right? Because it's the beginning of 2019 and you kind of have a whole year that you could look back on if you are currently a business owner, or if you are no, not a business owner, what you need to do is you actually need to list off the things that you think you're going to need to spend money on, or that you know you've already committed to spend money on, um, into a spreadsheet or some other tool like that. The reason why it's important to have both and not just use, let's say, QuickBooks is that QuickBooks and, and softwares like that are very backward looking. You've already spent the money on those things. So that's just actually tracking what you've already done. It's not helping you project forward necessarily unless you use some of their um, reporting tools and other things, which which I don't like. I, I like the spreadsheet better. But if that's something that you like and it works for you, that's something that you should use. So every tip that I give on here is it's one of those things where you have to see what works best for yourself. It's not necessarily like, you know, Morgan said it and therefore I have to do it. Um, the reason why I like listing it all onto a spreadsheet is because I have it all there. I also can take things out that I know I'm not going to spend money on in the future. So I'll look backwards at all of my expenses, let's say for 2018. I will remove things that I know that maybe I committed to it in 2018, but I didn't, I don't need it in 2019. I will add things that I know I will be spending money on in 2019 that maybe I didn't spend on in 2018. And that way I have something that represents really well what my business is going to be doing going forward. And then the other thing that I do is as things come up, as things are happening in my business, I'm changing that spreadsheet so that I'm keeping a good idea of what's happening, what's coming in, what's going out, all of those things. So um, we'll talk a little bit more about that in the next part on budgeting and honoring your budget. But Really, the main thing is that you need to have in one place something that's easily viewable that you can calculate what your monthly average expenses are. And you'll know when you're operating your business that things don't always come up on a monthly basis. So there are some things, let's say, like insurance for your business that maybe you don't pay for it monthly. Maybe you pay for it annually. So you should still put it in as an annual expense and calculate what all of your annual expenses are, but divide that number by 12. That way you get that monthly number. The other thing that you don't want to forget about is taxes. So you might have a monthly average expense, but you do need to account for taxes that you're going to pay. So 
this is also a really good thing to have it all be in one place, let's say on a spreadsheet rather than QuickBooks, um, is because like you can be constantly up- updating what your income, projected income is going to be on a spreadsheet a lot easier, I think, than doing it in some of these softwares. Um, maybe that means that I don't know how to use this software. <laughs> um, but you know, you be the judge of what's the best thing for you. But I know for me, when I get a new client, I go in there and I update my future revenue going forward. And that way I can better gauge how much I'm going to need to pay in taxes. If none of this makes any sense to you, you probably should talk to your accountant or bookkeeper to help you with the tax numbers to come up with, to come up with good quarterly payments, or maybe get yourself on some sort of payroll. So that way you're paying taxes on a regular basis. I've seen it happen way too many times with clients who have come to me. Um, They found me after they're already in a tax issue. And then we spend a lot of time actually trying to get out of that tax issue. So the main thing that I see happen is taxes don't get paid on time. Income comes in, um, expenses get paid for the business, and then the business owner themselves has personal expenses. So they take money out of the business and they don't account for the fact that they didn't pay taxes on that money yet. And then April 15th comes around and there's no money in the account to pay for taxes. That's a really common problem. Um, it's actually way more common than I thought it could be, but, um, it makes sense. I mean, I know as a business owner that like the money that I see in the bank, I don't necessarily immediately think, Hey, actually it's probably 35% less than that. Cause I have to go pay some taxes. Um, and then the other thing being that as a business owner, you have self-employment taxes and some other things that you have to pay. Um, so I would say like, obviously always consult with an accountant on these things. We don't give tax advice on this podcast, but it is important to just have a rough idea of how much you're going to be able to pay or whatever you're going to need to pay. Okay. So the next thing I want to talk about is creating a budget and then honoring that budget. So it's not enough to just create the budget, right? So like, I can think of, you know, maybe 15 things I only want to spend money on in 2019 for my business. But if I have 45 things that I actually spend money on, then that budget is completely useless. So I would say if you're going to to do this, if you're going to do the work on creating a budget, you then have to make sure that you're willing to honor that budget. So as you're putting things down that you can't operate without or that you know you need to spend in 2019... Maybe like take a hard look at each of those things that you're writing down and decide whether or not that's something that you'll really be able to stick to. If you say I'm only going to spend $10,000 a month, but regularly you're spending twelve dollars to $13,000 a month in your business, just using that as an example, then that budget is not a good budget and that's not a budget that you can honor. That said, if you're only, let's say, making $10,000 a month, then maybe you need to cut a couple of things in order to continue operating, or you need to like decide whether or not spending that extra two to $3,000 a month is actually going to make the income in the future that you are hoping it will make. And we'll talk about that later about key performance indicators, but I just want to stay on topic here right now about the budget. So you need to make a list of stuff that you can't operate without. So list them out, list out how much they're going to cost. Those are things that you literally cannot operate your business without having. So I'll give you an example. So my main business is financial planning practice. I need financial planning software in order to run my practice. Um, I should say actually that I want to have financial planning software because I really could use a calculator, but it really does help to have the financial planning software that way. Everything's in one place. It's really easy to keep track of everything that's happening. I don't have to have like 9,000 spreadsheets going for all my clients and saving and resaving and all these things. So um, for me, I feel like at this point in my career and where I am in my business that I cannot operate without having financial planning software. That costs me a certain amount per year. That would go in the absolutely need to have operating expenses 
um, category. Okay. Then there are like, okay, so those are the things that you can't operate without. Then there are the things that will help you grow your business. So that means maintaining a marketing and sales budget. That doesn't mean like throwing a bunch of darts at a board and hoping that it'll stick because you're not good at marketing. That doesn't mean hiring a bunch of sales coaches because you're bad at sales. I mean, maybe it does, but what I'm what I'm trying to say is that you don't need to have a gigantic sales and marketing budget to grow your business. You need to be very strategic about what you do and don't spend in that category and make sure that it's going to make you money in the future. So you will need to, if you have this as a category, you'll also need to have to set aside time on a monthly basis to make sure that the stuff that you're spending money on to bring in and create income in your business is actually creating the income that you intend it to. Okay, so that's a separate category. Then there are things that help will help you grow professionally. So um, for me, that's continuing education. Um, that's going to certain conferences to uh, help me meet people or help me learn things within my practice. Um, it also could be something like getting a business coach um, or getting a sales coach, like we just talked about, if you're really bad at sales, or just getting a coach for something that'll help you kind of work out all the crud in your brain that we keep talking about. So there's, there's that category as well. That category is really more of a want than a need, but you should have it as a category because it would help bring in more income and make you the best possible version of yourself. Then there's another category of like the things that you can outsource. Um, if and when the time comes. So I think it kind of depends on where you are in your business. But like if your business needs employees to operate, then that would actually be categorized in like the operating cash flow category, things that you cannot operate without, whereas things that you no longer want to do because you're becoming more successful in your business and you can outsource things, that would be in a separate category as well of like what you can pay contractors to do, what maybe you can pay some part-time employees to do, um, if and when the time comes for that. And then the last thing is the things that you want to have in your business, but you can't afford them now. And that's totally fine, but you should keep a list of those things. So um, you might have things that you want to have in your business right this second and you, and you'll put them on the list because you can't afford them. And then you look at it six months later and it might actually not be something that you even needed or wanted in your business anymore. But I've, I've done this with myself and, and I find these to be actually pretty interesting because usually I don't actually end up spending the money on these things. Um, a good example of this in my practice was like very expensive performance reporting software, um, for my clients, I wanted to make sure that I had these beautiful reports and that they had all of these metrics and everything else on it. And like the software I had found cost $18,000 a year or whatever. And when I first opened my business, I was like, wow, that's like really expensive. I don't want to spend money like that. Like, I, I don't think I want to operate like that. So I put it on a list of things that, you know, later on I'm going to want to spend money on. Um, and then I found a cheaper performance reporting software and it works just fine. And honestly, I don't need all the bells and whistles and nobody's complained to like, Oh, I wish that your report had more stuff on it. In fact, I, I think probably most of my clients don't even read these reports. So <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, I don't know necessarily if that was like an $18,000 expense that I needed to have. So there's a good example of like how you can create a budget. You can put things on a list to maybe do later. And then you honor your budget by not actually spending money on the things that you say you want, but you can't afford now. All right, the next thing, run a lean operation. So what do I mean by that? And this kind of goes back, ties into creating a budget and honoring your budget. So I like to think of it, I know we talked a lot about abundance and scarcity, um, and this is actually going to come off as a little bit of a scarce mentality, 
Um, so maybe I should work on my thoughts a little bit more before I start talking to all of you about working on yours. But sometimes when I'm operating my business, I really like to think about what I'm doing is fighting to keep every dollar in my hands. Um, and I, and I really don't mean that in a scarce way, even though it's coming off that way. Um, what I mean by it is there are so many people out there selling you things all the time. Um, and I, and I see it and I, and I try not to be that way. Like I really try when I interact with people to just to offer what I have to them as something that can, can solve their problems. And if they don't think that I can solve their problems, then I'm not the person for them. And that's, and, and that's how I view that. Um, but like, there are many ways to solve somebody's problem, right? Um, there just is like, you know, there's no one cookie cutter, let's say that you would want to use on a cookie sheet, um, during Christmas time. I don't know why I just thought of this, but, um, like for instance, you might want a Christmas tree or you might want a reindeer or you might want a star or whatever, right? Like there are many different things that can get the same goal <laughs> created of having like nice sugar cookies during Christmas or something like that. So what, what I mean to say is like, people are going to sell you stuff all the time, especially if you're a business owner and you need to fight to make sure that you keep the money in your hands. So when you're running a lean operation, you don't want to be wowed by all the little things out there that can, that somebody can sell you. You want to make sure that you pick and choose the things that can really help you run your business the best possible way. And that then can create cash flow for you. So, um, the other thing is that you'd really need to look at is, is your operating cash flow really a true operating number or are there things in your budget that are more of a want than I need? So this goes back to honoring your budget, right? Like if you set out to spend $10,000 and you're spending twelve dollars to $13,000 and that extra $2,000, $3,000 going out the door is actually on wants rather than needs, like you have a real problem. But keeping that in mind, that's that's not just the example, right? Like you can say, okay, I have $10,000 of operating expenses. But when you really looked at it, only eight of them were something that you really needed. That other two were kind of stuff that you're just, you know, just kind of fluff in the water that you have. Um, I don't know. I mean, you tell me. I'm not looking at your budget. I'm looking at my budget. And I know what is and isn't fluff. <laughs> I know that you know what is and isn't fluff. You're probably thinking of two or three expenses right now as you're listening to this because that's just the way that it is. So here's an example um, of something that I did that was definitely a total want and I had put on my budget as a need and it's really, it's, yeah. Anyways, the example is, was $10,000 in continuing education. Okay. <laughs> I'm actually kind of laughing even thinking about this because one year I did spend $10,000 on continuing education. And the fact is, is that I think for my, um, for all my designations and things that I have, I only need like 40 hours a year. There was no possible way I needed $10,000 in CE. So that was a total want for me and not a need. And it was because I was just totally obsessed about like learning and doing stuff. Um, so yeah, I would say like, if you're in the early stages of your business, you can probably trim some fat, you know, what is lean and what's not lean and $10,000 in continuing education, not a lean operation. All right. The next thing, understand when you get paid. This is so important. I like, I can't even emphasize this enough. You need to understand when you get paid. You must understand this. And this may be more regularly than you think. So I have actually plenty of clients that get paid in a lumpy way. Um, and what I mean by lumpy is they don't get like a W-2 salary where they are expecting their paycheck twice a month. 
Um, and maybe they're not even more as regular as let's say my business where like my business, I get paid on either a monthly or quarterly basis, depending on the clients I have. So, um, I would say like, that's pretty easy for me to manage because I know like I need to have a runway of three months of cash flow because majority of my income comes in on a quarterly basis. That said, like, that's not everyone's situation. Some people are very project based. I have clients like this where, um, they don't, they, maybe they get an advance for something that they've done. I have a client who's a writer. He gets an advance for something that he's done, but then like always, there are always things that are delayed and it, and like, you know, the, the agent that is always having issues and everything else. And I don't want to get too much into the details and the weeds here, but like, um, payments get delayed and, you know, then payments get deferred and they're, they're very large and they account for, let's say like, you know, 75% of their income for the year. And we have to plan around this. Right. And this is like, it's just even understanding this, it, it actually is more regularly than, than we would think, right? So even though, let's say, this person gets paid um, really, let's say, twice a year in the grand scheme of things, and then they get payments throughout the year of much smaller amounts that they can like use to maybe pay grocery bills or whatever, but it's not the majority of their income. So when that money comes in, we have to be really good about setting aside enough runway to make it to the next payment. Um, so you need to, what you really need to be doing is you need to be looking at how you've been paid in the past to get a good idea of how you'll get paid going forward. And I know you're probably thinking right now, past performance doesn't equal future results, something that we all say in the investment world. And it is true, is absolutely true. That said, when you're running a business, you kind of can, you can use some of that stuff to help you project forward when you think you're going to get paid. And yeah, it might not necessarily mean that like if last year in, on September 14th of 2018, you got paid X dollars, that doesn't mean, uh, you know, on September 14th of 2019, you're going to get paid the same amount of money. What it does mean though, is it gives you an idea if you're working with that client or whoever is actually giving you that cash flow, how long it takes for you to get paid based on whatever it is of the service or goods that you're delivering at that time. So for my client who's a writer, maybe if he's submitting a manuscript or if he needs to, he's going to think I'm totally butchering this, but if he needs to submit certain parts of the manuscript and then you get paid in over intervals of time. So let's say, for example, he gives part one of the manuscript and there's going to be three parts and he had gotten an advance on that after they receive part one, maybe they have to review it, do a bunch of stuff, and then they don't pay out maybe until three months later. So we'll have a, a good idea based on how they did it before of how they'll do it in the future if he's working with the same, let's say, publisher. If he's working with a different publisher, then we can kind of ascertain from how he was paid with the last publisher around when we're going to get income from the from the new one. That doesn't mean it's going to be exactly the same. It just means that it's better an easier way to plan around. Okay. The other thing regarding understanding how you get paid is you need to read through contracts you may have with your clients. So I don't know what kind of business you run, but I know in my business, like it's very important that I have an investment advisory agreement on file for all of my clients. And in that agreement, it says when I'm actually going to get paid um, and how long that client has to pay me. So if you're not doing contracts, you need to start doing contracts. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that just that, that in and of itself is a really good thing to have in your business. You need to have contracts with your clients. They need to know, and you need to know, they need to know when to pay you. Um, and you need to know when they're going to pay you. And then bill often for your services. So if you have a contract and, with a client, then you bill them appropriately based on that contract. You don't wait to bill because you're not excited to send them a bill or whatever other hangup you have about that bill. That's your thoughts. That's what you're making it mean. That's not what your client is making them mean. 
Okay, your client has already decided that they want to work with you and they've agreed to your price. So you need to send them a bill and send it to them as often as it as it stays in your contract that you're allowed to do that. Okay. The next thing is knowing exactly what your operating expenses are. So go back to that budget. What is operating and what is not? So some examples of that. Some, but maybe not all of the marketing, right? Because you need to be creating income for your business. Employees are definitely an operating cost. Tech that you absolutely need to run your business would be another operating cost. I don't know specifically what your business is, but you would be able to know better than me what would and would not be an operating cost. And then you need to know what your monthly number is to keep the lights on. And you need to keep that monthly number in mind. So I mentioned this before, but I like to have three months of operating reserve on hand to pay bills. And this is because I get paid on a quarterly basis. So this is why it's really important to have have that budget and then understand when you get paid. (laughs) Because then it makes it really easy to know how much cash you have to keep on hand. If you get paid, let's say three times a year, then you you need to set aside enough for four months worth of expenses. Um, because you only get paid three times a year. Whereas, or maybe you also need to know, like there are certain months that have higher expenses than others. So a good example of this is you pay a bunch of insurance out, let's say in July, um, or you pay for a piece of tech every single year, but you pay it annually also in July. Now you have like, you know, a lot of your expenses concentrated around one month. So it would probably be a good idea to make sure you have enough cash flow to cover something like that. Um, and you have to do this for yourself. So I will create a worksheet that you can look at online. You can go to moneyowners.com forward slash podcast forward slash seven. I've been told that I should remove the podcast from the URL and I'm working on it. (laughs) I don't know how to do that. I don't know. Maybe somebody can help me. I use Squarespace anyways. Um, then, right, so there's some ex- expenses that occur annually, and that's okay, and it'll even out. So the amazing thing about it, right, is that if you have a monthly number in mind that includes that annual insurance plus tech cost that we just talked about in July, you, so yes, you will divide, let's say, a number by 12, um, and that monthly number will maybe be higher for all of the months, with the exception of July, where, where July is actually well exceeding what you've predicted, but you're keeping cash flow around at the same amount, like in that monthly amount, and you're paying out. If you're actually honoring your budget and you're paying out what you're supposed to be paying out, then you will have enough cash flow come July to pay what you're supposed to be paying. Um, if you have questions on this, you can go to Ask Morgan on the website and let me know. Anyways, the next thing is make sure your cash reserve actually exceeds your operating expenses. So one of the first things that we talked about is having that number that you can sleep with at night in your account. And that's really important. But if that cash reserve number doesn't actually exceed the operating expenses that you need to have, then you have a problem. (laughs) No, you don't have a problem. You actually need to do something about it. So what I suggest is combining that operating monthly number times the number of months with the original cash reserve number. And it does not have to be additive. So let's say you need $10,000 per month of operating um, expenses, and you need four months of that. So you need to have $40,000 in the bank that you need to keep around for operating cash flow purposes. But you also like to have, let's say, $60,000 around because that's the number that helps you sleep at night. Um, I would say that you don't need to have $40,000 plus $60,000. You probably could have $60,000 or maybe even just a little bit more um, depending on, you know, how you felt or, or anything else. Um, also probably depends more on your personal expenses. And we'll talk about that a little bit more as we go along, but, 
Um, I would say those, those don't have to be additive, but you should probably go with the higher of the two numbers, not the lower of the two numbers. All right. Be mindful of your personality. Who are you? Are you a person who is excited to spend? Are you frugal? Are you a starter but not a finisher? Are you a risk taker? Are you risk adverse? I don't know. Who are you? You tell me. You need balance of all of these things. So if you're a person who's really excited to spend, well, you probably need to balance that out with being frugal sometimes. <laughs> it goes back to that concept of like you can have anything you want, but you can't have everything you want. Um, that certainly applies in your business. So um, if you're super excited to spend, you should probably be frugal about some other things within your business so that you don't blow your budget. And you're able to actually honor your budget and you need to rein some of your personality in. Um, and that goes back to a lot of what we've been talking about. Like you need to change your thoughts if they're not serving you. So if you're a person who's really excited to spend, but you're always overspending, then that behavior is not serving you in your life and vice versa, right? If you're somebody who's really frugal, but you're so frugal in your business that you're not actually spending the amount of money that you need to go and create new clients, to go and create more income for yourself, then that's a problem as well. And that thought of, of like why you're being frugal is not actually serving you either. I have examples of clients on both sides of this. So I have a client who worked in corporate for many, many years before starting a business and cash flow was always really easy for him because he made a lot of money and working in the corporate world. He never had to think about his spending. He traveled all the time. Um, and then he took a 75% pay cut when he first started his business. Um, and when I met with him, like I just knew right off the bat, like he's this kind of guy who's like going to want to take a lot of risks in his business. Um, I could just, I could just see it. So what did we do? We set up a really long runway. So three years plus in, like including anticipated income so that he could spend what he wanted and needed, needed to actually get this business off the ground and running and be in a place that he wanted to be. Um, and we basically took into account his personality when we created, um, his business runway and operating cash flow. Whereas I have an example of another client, um, who was a lot more risk averse and this person moved in with, um, with her parents to get her business going and then cut personal expenses by 90, 90% said no to outside help, probably took a little too, like too little risk rather than too much risk. Um, and it kept saying, I don't need, you know, I don't need a big runway. Like I've cut all of my personal expenses. I don't have very much of business expenses right now. Um, so, you know, I, I don't really don't need all, all of this runway here and I want to do less. And like that person actually needed some push to go out there and to spend some of that money so that the business could grow and thrive. So there, you really need to take into account what your personality is and be mindful of who you are when you're looking at how to manage your cash flows. Um, and definitely like rein in the parts of your personality that you know are going to make you unsuccessful. Um, and that's very much easier said than done for sure. I, I am as guilty of it as anybody else. I'm not going to sit here and claim to be a saint <laughs> about like how I manage things all the time and how my personality is perfect for a business. Like it's not, you know, like that, that's kind of what makes us human. That's what makes us able to survive and be durable and to deal with, you know, with hardship um, and stress and anxiety and everything else that comes with it. So I would say the best thing to do would be to write down all of your thoughts about who you are as a business owner. Which ones do you like? Which ones do you want to change? So anything that you like, put a check mark next to it. Anything you don't like, maybe cross it out and then think of what else you would want to think about that. And that's 
obviously easier said than done. You'll need to do some work on your thoughts to actually change that thought. And it won't just be like, I don't know, I'm trying to use an example off the top of my head. Like, I really want to spend lots of money on my business. And I think that that's going to help my business grow. Like that would that could be a thought the you don't want to necessarily take the opposite thought of like, I don't want to spend any money at all in my business. That's not something maybe you'll believe if your original thought was like, I need to spend as much money as possible to get a business off the ground. You're not going to believe it when you say to yourself, I don't need to spend that much money to get a business off the ground. Um, and so you need to like take baby steps in between to get yourself from A to B. And maybe you don't need to be all the way at B. Maybe like you don't want to go all the way towards frugal that won't actually help you grow your business either. So you have to have a balance um, around how you're thinking about who you are and how you're going to manage your cash flows. All right. Another thing that you need to be doing is tracking your successes and failures. So you need to have key performance indicators in your business. And I don't know what's relevant for your business, so I'm not going to list them off. I know it's relevant for my business, but you're probably not an owner of a registered investment advisor. If you're listening to this, <laughs> I don't know, maybe you are, you could reach out to me and ask me what I'm doing. But that said, what I think you should do is Google what is relevant. What is a relevant KPI for your business? And then also look at how you get your revenue. So if you know how you get your revenue, what metrics can you track to see how successful you are at actually getting that men- that money into the door? That's what's super important knowing what's working and what isn't working, what you're spending money on within your business versus what you maybe could be spending money on in your business to actually be creating income. And then the more you track this over time, the more you'll have a really good idea of what you should and shouldn't be spending money on in that marketing budget. Okay. The last thing I want to talk about, and I know this podcast is actually starting to go pretty long, but I didn't realize I'm like really excited to talk to you guys about this. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, um, managing similarly on the personal side. So your personal life should be operated like a business. And I don't mean that in every aspect of your personal life. So do not misconstrue what I am saying, but financially it should be. So you want to be a going concern yourself. You don't want your business to just be something that continues to operate. You also want to be able to continue to operate. So that means that you need a cash reserve. You need to know your monthly operating expenses, i.e. your living expenses. Business owners specifically need to calculate how much they need to make to break even both personally and professionally. So what do I mean by this? You run a business, you're doing all this stuff to manage your cash flows and do everything the right way and make sure that you, you know, that you never are overspending versus what's coming in, but you haven't thought about anything at all about your personal expenses. So maybe in your business, you spend a hundred thousand dollars a year, but maybe personally, you also spend a hundred thousand dollars a year and you are taking money out of your business to pay for those personal expenses. So this goes back to the example I talked about earlier, where I've had clients when they've showed up and they've said, Hey, like I'm behind on my taxes. I've been filing extensions. I haven't been paying my taxes on time. Like things are out of control. And it's because like you didn't, basically what happened was that they didn't account for the fact that their personal expenses were actually higher than their after tax revenue. Yeah. So And what I mean by like operating as a business personally, what it really means and what it really comes down to is like, you don't want to get into debt just because you're running this business. The whole reason why you started running that business probably is because of a love for whatever it is that you're doing, right? Number one. Number two, you felt like you could do it on your own and make money doing it and support maybe yourself or your family or everything else that you wanted to support within that business. So if you're not actually doing that, then you're not achieving the goals that you set out to do within your business. 
So here's a really good example of this, and then you'll know what I mean when I say you need to manage similarly on the personal side. All right, so if I spend $100,000 a year personally, and I'm just using these numbers to you know make it round, even though it ends up not being that round, I need to set aside, oh, I'm sorry, so if I spend $100,000 a year personally, I need to net $154,000 before taxes in my business. Not $140,000, grand. So this assumes a 30, uh, 35% tax rate. And what I did here is I divided $100,000 by 1 minus my tax rate, the 35%, to get that number. All right, so what you need to do is you need to go through all of your expenses the easiest way to do it is just to look at like the balance on all your credit cards for the last, you know, six to 12 months and get your quote unquote operating number of a, on a monthly average basis. And then you need to divide that number, that annual number by one minus your tax rate. So same example, if I spend $75,000 a year in my business now, so if I'm adding in my business expenses and I need $100,000 personally, I would actually need the $154,000 number plus 75 grand to spend in my business. All right, and that 75 grand assumes that everything is deductible and it probably isn't. So you probably need to gross a little bit more than this. But in this example, it means that I need to gross $229,000 in my business just to break even. Okay, so it's it's not so simple of like, oh, okay, well, my business made, you know, $100,000 and I only spent $75, 75 grand, so I netted 25K, everything's great. Like, no, that's that's actually, you know, you're losing money in that business. And that's okay if you just started, you're trying to get a business off the ground. But like knowing your numbers and, and knowing how long it's going to maybe take you to get back to breaking even um, is, is really helpful. And then also just knowing the number that you have to make, right? Like then then you kind of have freedom, right? We're talking about this with the discipline equals financial freedom thing. Like once you have your numbers, once you know what it takes to get where you need to go, you have a roadmap. You're not just that person in the middle of the ocean with no island to swim to. Now you have an island when you know how much you have to make. So let's say you now know I need to make 230 grand a year in my business so that I can continue just living the way that I'm living right now. Um, Not even saving, but just living the way that I'm living and operate my business. You have a goal to work towards. So if let's say you're able to charge $10,000 per client, now you know you need 23 clients. Now you need now you know, okay, if I need 23 clients, how many people do I need to speak to to get 23 clients? How many people per month if I need two clients per month around? How many people per month do I need to get in front of? What do I need to do to get in front of those people? All of these things start to open up doors. So it starts to make a lot more sense about what you need to actually do. Okay. And if in all of this stuff, you're saying to yourself, I literally don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I am so confused by this entire podcast, and I, I just literally don't understand what I'm supposed to do. Um, what I would say the best thing to do at that point is you need a good bookkeeper, an accountant, and you may need a financial planner or a coach depending on your situation. So I'm not trying to sell my services here. I'm just trying to like have you be a little bit more realistic about what you do and don't need to do and what you maybe need to put into your budget as something that um, would be useful to you. So that's all I have for you today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Money Owners. Help on managing your cash flows can be found at moneyowners.com forward slash podcast forward slash seven. And if you'd like more information and updates for money owners, visit moneyowners.com forward slash subscribe. And if you like the show, please give it a good review on iTunes. It really helps. And I hope that you'll tune in again in two weeks. I promise it will be out in two weeks from now. Thanks, guys.